Welcome to Why Sew podcast, where some of your favorite sewing personalities and rising stars share what motivates them to create using needle and thread. I'm your host, Jason Prater, and with me today is Melissa Mora of Melly Sews. She is a self-described designer and creator of all sorts. Hey, welcome to the show, Melissa. How are you this afternoon? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be here on the podcast. Uh, I'm sure that some of our audience and our listeners know who you are. Maybe they've visited one of your sites, but maybe you could tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yes, I am Melissa and I run the sewing blog, Melly Sews. And I'm also a YouTuber, a pattern designer and a fabric designer with Riley Blake Designs. Fantastic. Well, you know, I always ask this question sort of out of the gate to all of our guests, but what, what do you consider yourself most? Uh, just a sewist, a sewer, a seamstress, quilter, crafter, omnicrafter? You know, which one of those monikers best fits uh, Melissa? I probably mostly use creator because I enjoy sewing, but also writing and knitting and DIY home renovations and woodworking. Oh, wow. So creator kind of encompasses all of that. Fantastic. So, to, do you blog about all of those kinds of things or, or predominantly just sewing? Predominantly sewing. Um, I do occasionally blog about some of the DIY projects that we do at home. Very cool. How did you get into sewing? I, what, what's your first memory? Like, what's the first time you ever remember actually picking up a needle and thread and doing something with it? So I actually don't remember the first time because my mom taught me to sew when I was a toddler and I just do not remember not knowing how to sew. Um, She says I was three years old and sewing doll clothes, but I wasn't allowed to use the scissors. So I would run back and forth to her with fabric and ask her, okay, can you cut here like this? And I was allowed to have the needles. So I would then take the things she cut and stitch them together and put them on my dolls. And so this was sewing by hand. Yes. Wow. You may have set the record then for the youngest <laughs> into this uh, hobby and slash business that I've talked to yet. I don't think I've had anyone say they've learned how to sew as a toddler. That is a record. <laughs> yeah, I really honestly cannot say my first memory of sewing because of that. That's crazy. So you have no recollection of like the first thing you created Or maybe what is your recollection of the first thing that you were like, oh, look at this thing I made. I have my mom found in the attic recently. They were they moved and they were cleaning the attic. And I have a pair of I think they're Barbie doll pants. They're like multicolored velvet and they're just whip stitch up the sides and the inseams. And that may have been one of the earliest things that I sewed. There's no waistband. They're not hemmed. (laughs) They're just kind of a pant shape (laughs) cut out and whip stitched together. That's fantastic. I love, that is too cool. So your mom obviously was the person that, that she she must've been sewing and and you were trying to follow her lead. Did she actually teach you formally sort of, if you will, how to sew, or did you, did you have some training outside of the home as well? Most of, most of everything I know started with my mom. She progressed from letting me use the hand needle to eventually I was allowed to use the scissors too. And then when I was probably seven or eight, when she started letting me use her sewing machine, I remember she drew 
like zigzagged lines and things on a piece of fabric. And I had to sew on top of them to try to learn control of the machine. And then she would just help me with projects, anything I wanted to sew, which was usually clothing. She would help me sew it until I got to where I would take things on on my own and only go to her when I couldn't figure it out. That's fantastic. I talked to so many people that while they sort of kind of were introduced to sewing at home, usually didn't really learn how to become a real seamstress by a family member. A lot of times that ends up being somebody outside the home or perhaps in in so many cases nowadays, it's folks that are self-taught using online resources and so many other things. So the fact that you were there with your mom and she was teaching you most of it is pretty darn cool. What, what are some of the things that you like to sew? What is your favorite thing to sit down and whip up? I always go back to clothing, usually for myself. When my kids were littler, I like to sew things for them because baby clothing is quick and it's cute, but now they're big and they don't want clothes that mom made, usually. So I prefer to sew for myself. I will do home decor just because I want it, but not because of that's something I enjoy sewing. Clothing is where my heart is. That's cool. And uh, you have a pattern line, right? I do. I do. I design sewing patterns for women and children. Okay. Hey, how about the men? What's (laughs) (laughs) So I actually find a lot of men end up on my website because of a few blog posts where I sewed things for my husband. And there are free patterns on my website associated with those, but I didn't extend and grade them out to my full, to a full size range or anything like that. There is one unisex pattern in my shop, blank slate patterns. And that one is a sweatshirt. So could be made for women or men. I had my brother model it for me when I released the pattern. So you can see it on him. And also my sister-in-law modeled the women's version of it. Very cool. Uh, yeah, it's funny I, when you look around and we have so many fantastic pattern designers and uh, folks that you don't see a lot of stuff for men. And I always wonder, is it because men just have more of an aversion to homemade clothing? It's like, I don't understand. Or maybe it's because our styles are just simpler. I don't know. It doesn't feel like there's a lot out there for men's clothing. There is not a lot out there for men's clothing. And I think it's a combination of some of those things that The styles are simpler. You know, the ones on my site, it's a basic button up, a sweatshirt, a t-shirt. They're not as much variation as women's clothing for sure. But I do think that men and particularly younger men are starting to get into sewing. I think that's an area of growth. I know Mm. I taught high school for 12 years and I taught technical theater. And in that class, I taught sewing and I also taught power tool usage. So there was definitely the girls would be a little trepidatious about the power tools and the boys would be a little trepidatious about the sewing machines. And then they would all end up loving, you know, there were the boys that loved sewing and there were the girls that loved the power tools. And I was glad that they all got a chance to try all of that. Yeah, that's cool. I think maybe, maybe today's world is a little more open to that. And I, you know, I don't know why, but historically, lots of men sewed. In fact, yes. most tailors were men. You know, yes. at, at what point did that change? I, it's, so, it's so strange to me. I, on the last podcast, um, it was actually a fantastic story that was told right at the end of the podcast about a man who was incarcerated, actually, as a political prisoner in Stalin's Russia. 
and survived his incarceration literally by sewing high fashion for some of the ladies that were married to the officers uh, in the place that he was being kept. And he had a, this guy had a, a background in sewing and then, but it was kind of minor and he really learned to hone his skills there. And when he got out of that, opened up a fantastic uh, tailor shop in San Francisco. And so, you know, it just, it always blows my mind that, you know, men had largely, I guess, gotten out of sewing, especially as a hobby. Anyway, don't know why that is. I think it mirrors um, the introduction of sewing machines to the home. As sewing machine moved into the home, I think it became more of a women's job or pastime and less of a man's profession. Yeah, I guess that's that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Sort of. Well, do you get to sew much? You know, I, one of the sort of recurring themes that always uh, seems to prevail in, in these podcasts with particularly people that sew quilts or so clothing is uh, doing so for handmade gifts. Is that something that you do much of? And, and if so, is that, are there any particular examples of that that stand out in your mind that were particularly special to you or to the person that received it? I only sew for people I really love. <laughs> and, um, you know, like my mom got a new shirt yesterday for Mother's Day that I made her. I think probably the most involved piece that I've ever sewn as a gift was one for my daughter recently. My daughter is adopted from foster care. We adopted her as a teenager. And that can be a very, it's a very complex emotional experience. So I want to add the caveat at the beginning here that not every adoptee would react as my daughter did. But my daughter was so excited to finalize her adoption. She wanted formal dresses. We were going to do family photos. Um, So I worked with her to create the formal dress that she wore to our court hearing and then for family photos after. So that was probably the most special thing that I've made so far as a gift. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool that you could incorporate what you do into such a unique moment in your family's history there. That's, That's a neat thing for sure. I'm glad that she appreciated it and, and wants it and likes it. it. Now, is she interested in sewing and trying um, to at it? She is theoretically interested in sewing in terms of she likes the results. <laughs> I'm not sure she has the patience yet to sit down and actually put in the work to get to those results. <laughs> yeah. Teenage girls. I, yeah, I can see where that can be. <laughs> you know, it's it's like it's always the, the, the people that are successful in the sewing business. There's a lot of women and uh, very strong women that run awesome businesses, but they seem like the outliers. You know, it was like in middle school and high school when they were sewing, not many of their friends were. Was that the case with you? Absolutely. That was the case with me. I did a lot of the costumes um, when I was in theater because I was the only one who knew how to sew. Like the teacher didn't know how to sew. The other kids didn't know how to sew. I did though. So I got to do the costumes. (laughs) That's fun. So, so this was uh, like in theater class or? Uh, when I was a high school student, yeah, I was, I was an actress. But then whenever I wasn't on stage at rehearsal, I would be with my sewing machine in the back um, working on costumes. Wow. So you would make the costumes like for the other cast members as well or just yourself? Both. Wow. That's cool. Now, did you take that and do more of that once high school was over? Did, did you have any part in, in theater afterwards? Yes. 
Yes, I, as I said, I, I taught theater for 12 years. That was actually my first career before I became a blogger and writer and all the things that I do now. I was a high school theater teacher. Now, what took place or what led you to go from teaching theater to starting your own business and being a, a blogger? I mean, would you have considered yourself at the time, a, I hate that term sort of, but the mommy blogger? I mean, is that? No, not at all. Um, I didn't ever think that, and I still don't think that anything I do is as big as some of those mommy bloggers were and continue to be. I was teaching middle school theater because my two boys were very little at the time. They were four and not quite two or three and not quite two and sewed things for them. And I just started a blog because I was kind of taking pictures of some of the things that I sewed for them. Um, I was thinking about starting an Etsy shop and everybody on Etsy was like, well, you have to have a blog. So <laughs> that's, it kind of happened by accident. I was looking for a way to spend more time at home with my kids because a theater teacher puts in a lot of hours outside of the school day. And my husband is a football coach and we live in Texas. So he puts in a lot of hours outside of the school day. Texas high and school football is serious business. It is. It is. <laughs> And so we were trying to figure out a way where somebody could be around with the kids more because they were growing up like at rehearsal with me. So uh, the, I published a children's pattern on my blog and things kind of took off from there that it started to look like a viable business model to work on instead of teaching. I love how sewing is able to provide that for a lot of folks, you know, that's a, a... A similar story, not, not everyone's is the same, of course, but in, in many cases, a lot of folks get into the sewing as a business for that reason, you know, wanting to do more at home, be more at home. And, and it's kind of cool that it can allow for you to do that. Obviously, you get out of it what you put into it and not everyone is going to be uber successful or, or successful at all, you know, if they are only thinking about it in terms of a hobby. And, and clearly, you've done considerably more than that. So you also have fabric line, right? You mentioned that you have a fabric line with, with Riley Blake. How did the design part of this come into play in terms of designing fabric? I met the owner of Riley Blake Designs through Baby Lock, because we were both at an event that Baby Lock Sewing Machines had sponsored. And we kind of touched, you know, we met there, we touched base there. And then that connected us later when I was interested in turning artwork into surface design. Oh, very cool. Now, so do you have a, a background in, in art as well? Only in terms of how art applies to theater. That, you know, one of the things I love about theater is that it is a, an art form that encompasses all the other art forms. So, you know, painting, which is what I use to do my fabric lines, painting comes in with the scenic painting and 3D design comes in into the costumes and DIY comes into the set design and it, it encompasses all of those. So I didn't have formal like art school training or anything yeah. like that. I just had what I had already learned and used in theater production. I've never really thought about it in that way, but absolutely. All of those things make tons of sense. And I imagine at the high school and middle school level, it's a must. <laughs> you have to build your own sets. You have to create your own costumes. There's not like this huge budget to go out and, and, right. and pay for those things. 
Right, right. And I actually liked that about working at that level, because as I was saying about the girls using power tools or the boys using sewing machines, they all had to learn all of those skills. And then later, you know, as they got older, they would specialize in some areas. You know, some kids really liked building sets. Some kids excelled at music design for a show, things like that. But in the beginning, they tried all of it. And I think that was great because there are skills that you can take from all of those art forms. And then being able to apply them in a real world setting, I think, is something you don't get in a lot of high school classes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're not going to get that out of uh, math class, right? <laughs> you won't, but actually I used to work with the math teachers because there's a lot of geometry involved in set design. There's, you know, algebra involved in the budgets when you're trying to figure out how many lights can I get for this total budget and the variables are these types of lights cost this much. I love it. It's fantastic. I'm glad that you were able to help your students learn in uh, in a multifaceted way. Uh, we need we need more of the arts, and for that reason, we, we have a high school actually close by us that's uh, really well known for their theater, and it's so fun for the community to get to go and watch these kids and and all that they accomplish, and they do such a great job. So kudos on that. Thank you. So when you're wait, wait. There's so many tools and gadgets and fun things available in today's sewing world. What are, what are some of your favorite things to use or your kind of must-have go-tos uh, in your sewing room? My mom taught me to sew with incredibly basic tools. Like I had scissors, I had pins, and I had a razor for seam ripping. I didn't even have like a seam ripper learning to sew. So I kind of have gone to the other end here where I love gadgets. I love, I have a Simflex gauge that is expandable. You use it to mark pleats or buttonholes or anything where you want a number of items evenly spaced without ah. doing the math to space them. So I really like that. I, I love tube turners. I grew up, you know, turning tubes with just like a safety pin and, <laughs> and I can still do that, but I love you know, I have all kinds of different tube turners because they're so much faster. The other day I was using a rotating quilting mat, the ruler mats that you oh, use yeah, yeah. with a rotary cutter. Right. So Riley Blake sent me one that, that it's a circle and you can rotate it. So you don't have to move. You just turn uh, it like a turn uh, table. And so that's really cool. That's my newest gadget nice. that I'm playing with. That's awesome. I don't think I've seen one of those yet. Is that an exclusive thing to, to Riley Blake or are there other? I'm not sure. Yeah. I just, I like it. I was cutting out lingerie pieces and there's a lot of small cuts. And so it's nice because it all fits on this little turntable. And then I turn the table to get to the other side to cut it. Nice. The Lazy Susan Rotary Cutter Mat. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Fantastic. As you have step through various places in your sewing career, are there people or other sewists, known or unknown, if you will, that had an impact sort of in your life or that have been meaningful to you in some way, someone that you looked up to or someone that helped you in some way? Is there, is there anybody else out there that, uh, besides your mom, who helped you get into sewing? Besides my mom, I remember being really thrilled when I got to meet Nancy Zeman and then worked with her team a little bit when she released her first autobiographical book um, to promote that, uh, Seems Unlikely. 
And I hadn't read her whole story, but I had grown up watching her on PBS. And, you know, like my mom was so excited, too, that I got had gotten to meet her. And then later I got to do a charity project for breast cancer survivors. We made these post-surgical camisoles, which are used to help hold drains and make dressing easier after Mm -hmm. mastectomy surgeries. And Nancy was in the class where I taught this project. um, And I chatted with her a little bit about improvements on it and things. And she was just such an incredible businesswoman and also just an incredible person. Um, I think that was a great loss to the sewing world when she passed away. Yeah, her legacy is is untouchable in the sewing world, that's for sure, um, yes. for many, many reasons. She was such a pioneer and did so many great things. I've, I've heard that over and over from people that I've interviewed for this podcast, that she's high on that list and is uh, she very was dis- abs- Yeah, very- absolutely in a league of her own. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. What in the sewing world? Uh, sphere is something that you haven't tried a technique or something that's kind of, you know, on your sewing bucket list to do, but you just haven't had a chance yet to try it. Lately, I've been interested in a lot more couture sewing. So that kind of started with the formal dresses that my daughter wanted for her adoption finalization, but exploring the, all the techniques that you don't even see in these high fashion dresses, the frame that holds them up on the underside that you're not seeing, the corsets and the structure underneath that outer dress that you see on the red carpet. Okay. So when you say, because for the lay person out there, couture, what, what does that mean? What does that term connotate? To me, that's formal occasion, you know, red carpet wear. Okay. So it's one of a kind, involves probably a lot of hand sewing, depending on the techniques and results in, you know, a formal occasion dress. Okay. And I, I suspect there's lots of different things about that than if you were just sewing a casual sundress, for example, there's just yes, not even yes. comparable. Huh? Right. The structure underneath the boning and shaping and supporting of, you know, any heavier elements in the dress things like that. That's the part that's really fascinating to me is the underneath. Everybody can learn. Look at that. You've been sewing all these years and something, something new. Yes. So what are you working on right now? What type of sewing are you doing right now? What project is in front of you? Right now I am working on a new pattern. I haven't released a new clothing pattern in since the beginning of the pandemic, I think. Oh, wow. That really my time really got cut into with people being home for school and, uh, you know, constantly not having my workspace when I work from home. So I'm working on a new one and I am also sewing swimwear for myself because it's starting to get hot already. Very cool. Is that something, have you always sewn your own swimwear? I remember making some when I was in high school. It's definitely, I know a lot more techniques now and as you get older, you need a lot more techniques. You can't just sew a couple pieces of fabric together with string and wear it like you can when you're 18. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. That's pretty cool. I, I, that's one area where I don't see a lot of people sewing. The materials, I guess, are more difficult to work with. It's, you know, just uh, 
fitting of swimsuits is such a, uh, I don't know, I guess a specialty. I don't know. Fitting in general, I decided a while ago that I'd rather spend my time learning how to fit myself than going and trying to find ready to wear clothing that's not going to fit and getting frustrated. Yeah, for sure. What a skill set. I know I, I hear that over and over. So when you're not sewing, what do you enjoy? What do you do outside of outside of the sewing room? I am a big football fan because my husband is a football coach. So it kind of was one of the terms of the marriage that I had to <laughs> like football. I go to a lot of my kids' things. My kids are involved in sports and orchestra and theater and color guard, which is luckily that goes along with football because they perform during the halftime shows. And then we also like to do DIY projects, home projects. Currently, we are working on building a custom like built-ins in our closet. Oh, cool. Nice. So do your kids go to the same high school where your husband teaches and coaches? Yes. Yes. The, the ones that are in high school. Yes. Okay. Now, who's your favorite football team? Well, obviously, college, college or pro. <laughs> obviously, my husband's team is my first favorite. And then I graduated from the University of Texas. So I'm a Longhorn for life, even when, as of late, we are not very good at football. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be back. They'll be back. We've been saying that for about a decade here. I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> <laughs> well, Melissa, I always, always end the podcast interview with this one question. And I, I, I've kind of always said as an industry that I don't think we're really selling threads and you know sewing machines and fabric and notions and all of those things. But what we're really selling is this, this feeling of satisfaction, of pride, of accomplishment that comes through creating. Would you agree with that? And and if so, how has that idea or that feeling shaped your own sewing journey? I would absolutely agree with that. The reason, you know, ready to wear clothing is often cheaper than sewing it myself, but it is just not going to fit me the way it's going to fit me if I make it myself. It's not going to be the exact fabric and color and style that I want unless I do it myself. So that act of creating is both satisfying in the process and then satisfying in the result of having something, even if it is as simple as a black t-shirt dress, which is something I'm sewing for myself right now, it's to the exact specifications and fit that I want for myself. Yeah. That's hard to beat that feeling. I would imagine when someone asks, did you make that? You know, it's almost like you always have that answer in your pocket, ready to pull it out. Why? Yes, I did. Yes. And it will have pockets. Whereas if I go buy it and ready to wear it, it might not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. There you go. Couldn't set it better right there. You you get what you, you can only get certain things when you do it yourself. I love it. Well, Melissa, If our listeners want to learn more about you, is the best place for them to go, it's Melly, M-E-L-L-Y-S-E-W-S.com, right? MellySews.com? Yes, that is kind of the hub of everything. There are links to my YouTube channel and my pattern shop, blank slate patterns, and everything else starts from there. That's my home on the web. Fantastic. So, uh, if you're interested in learning more about Melly and her line of patterns with blank state patterns, if you want to learn from 
Melissa uh, on her YouTube channel. Make sure you visit her website at meleesos.com. Melissa, thanks again for joining us today. I appreciate your time. And, you know, hopefully, maybe now that this pandemic is over, maybe there's uh, some place down the road at a show or something that we'll get to see each other face to face. Yes, I would really, I'm missing face to face events. It's yeah. been a long time. <laughs> I, I think everybody's uh, in that same place. Uh, may, maybe it'll be at the Houston Quilt Market or something. Yes, hopefully so. Thanks again, Melissa, and uh, you take care, okay? Thanks, you too. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Why So With Sulky. Give us a rating or a review and be sure to shop your favorite Sulky products, including threads, stabilizers, kits, and more at sulky.com.